joy to the world, the Lord has come. He has come to earth, and in our text today, He comes to the temple, the Lord of glory Himself. The Word of God that comes to us today is on the mouth of Simeon, who says to us, says to the Lord, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your words. You may be seated. Well, they say that a picture is worth a thousand words. Anybody recently take some photos uh, around the Christmas tree or uh, around the Christmas table? Come on, anybody? If you have kids, you know it's so easy to do that. Everyone was probably smiling and happy. Even the puppy was uh, listening and doing their part, right? Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Pictures do tell a thousand words, and uh, this time of year we probably take a lot of pictures. Do you think in 2024 you will see a lot of pictures, not just of your family, but just in general? Will you see? Yeah, you will. How many images that are connected to stories do you see in a day? You, you can't count, right? On your phone or on TV, whatever it is, there's picture and story after story after story, right? And these stories shape you, don't they? Before you know it, you're starting to think along the lines of the picture or the image, the stories that were told to you. Even if at first, no, I don't believe that. But after listening and watching a while, you, the slow creep, the drift, you start to, yeah, I, I agree with that. And that can be good or bad. Have you experienced that in your life? Where you've changed because of pictures and images and things like that? Well, this book, did you know, it's a word book, but it's more than that. It is full of stories, right? Anybody have favorite stories in here, right? These stories probably, you conjure them up in your mind when you need them. Pictures like, uh, you know, when you're struggling against a mighty giant and you remember David who trusted not in his own abilities, but in the God of heaven, Yahweh, or maybe Gideon when the team around you has sort of faded away and they're not there to support you. And you remember how God had to thin it out so he could show his power. Or maybe when you're not listening to God and he swallows you up with a big fish. <laughs> right? These are stories that, that give meaning, that show us the truth of God. And thank, thanks be to God that we can come and gather around the stories, the stories especially of, of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who was laid in a manger, who who grew and taught the kingdom of God to us. Stories like turning water into wine because that's the kind of God he is. Stories like him saying to Lazarus, come out, and Lazarus does. Story of healing a little uh, 12-year-old girl. On and on, right? These are beautiful stories that shape our lives. And none, none so much as our, our Lord, think of Mary, who we read about today, a sword will pierce through her heart and a beloved disciple. They're standing before a cross uh, in many years to come. And they see, they're eyewitnesses of our, our Lord crucified, blood and water coming out. He really died like a Passover lamb. And yet there's the stories of the next days when he's not dead, he's risen, right? He is, he is our rabbi and he is alive, right? Those are beautiful stories, right? Are those the only stories that will shape you this year? I say this year thinking it's already 2024, right? Somewhere it probably is. I don't know. Will those be the only stories that shape you this year? Will you need those stories to fight back against the stories that are not helpful? Yes, you will. You will need these stories 
they're not just stories, but they're God's work in history and now. So I'm going to think for a minute about our story today that we have Simeon and Anna in the temple. They've been waiting for the Messiah to come. They're probably aged. We know Anna for sure is uh, aged. And I want to use the word picks to bring some things to you about what this is that we read, that we're going to encourage us to take in uh, this word of God. So uh, think of the word, I'll just tell you ahead of time so that you know where we are. So we think of picks, how about, so the first one is P, the, it, this word of God is powerful. It's powerful. Uh, it's also with I, I'll get there, it's inspired, inerrant, infallible. Uh, when you get to C, it's clear, and you get to S, it's sufficient. I want to just bring a few of these things out briefly and then relate them to Simeon and Anna, relate them to us. I say briefly, and then you're thinking about the story in the Bible of Paul preaching at midnight and some young man falls out the window. Maybe that's the story you're thinking of. So brief is relative. I say that, come on, try that again. Brief is relative, right? It'll be fine. We'll get through this. This is some good stuff here. Um, And uh, no, they don't pay me to uh, be a comedian, so I'm not going to try that. But all right. So the first one is powerful. God's word, thinking of pics, it's powerful. Uh, You all can finish that. In the beginning, God said, let there be light, and there was light. Why? Because he spoke it, and it happened. God can speak, and it happens. I have this power. Did you know that? (laughs) In a very limited sense, I have this power to speak it, and it happens. Yesterday, I had the privilege of marrying uh, two 20-year-olds, Josh and Elena, and I stood on the other side of that altar as they bowed down in the very first acts of after committing themselves to each other, giving each other rings and promising their lives together. I declared them in the sight of God to be married, to be husband and wife, to be united. In that moment, not because of me, but because of God's authority through me, they became married. They became one. So I have that power. I also have that power a moment ago when I said, uh, in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins. I said it differently today, but when God speaks, it happens. Uh, Jesus does that. I already mentioned when he said to Lazarus, who's a dead man, he's dead, he stinketh. And he says, Lazarus, come out. His word is powerful and it made it happen. Do you believe that? God can do it. If he can form the world by his word, he can do whatever he wants. He can forgive sins. He can give us new life. He can give us faith. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, In Romans 1, our St. Paul, what we're named after, Romans chapter 1, he says, the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God for salvation. It's proclaimed to you. You believe it and it changes your life. It's powerful. For Simeon, how did this show up? He saw the Lord of glory, this baby, come into the temple, which was his own temple. And he said, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace. And that's a nice translation, but it's not the only way to translate that. Another way to translate that is, Lord, you're now setting your servant free. When Jesus shows up and the word about him comes to us, it's powerful and we can be set free. Everybody say, thanks be to God. That's good news. It's powerful. So those who will receive the Lord's Supper, Jesus Christ himself speaks, says, this is my body, this is my blood for your forgiveness. He says it so we can believe it. All right, moving on. Uh, The next three are all start with I, inspired. 
Uh, we see in other places in Scripture that this book is spoken by God, breathed out by God. Um, one of Jesus' apostles, Peter, says this, that no prophecy of Scripture, this is 2 Peter chapter 1, no prophecy of Scripture was ever produced by the will of man. So, in other words, this book is not, it in one sense, is not written by a bunch of guys. It's not written by 39 men. At least it wasn't their idea. It was written, as Paul Peter says, uh, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Whose idea is this book? God's. It's God's. He's the one who speaks and makes it happen. It's his idea. Now, this book, now think of Jesus for a minute, and it applies to this book. Is Jesus fully God? Easy answer. Yeah. If you don't believe it, it'll show you. But he's fully God. Is he fully man? Yes. Is this book fully from God? Come on now. Is this book fully from God? Is this book also fully from man? Yeah. You have people like Amos who says, God called me, but I was just a, a, a sycamore farmer. Or um, you have all these personalities that come through. I mentioned Jonah. He didn't want the job, right? His personality comes through. And we see that it's fully full of man in their writings, but it is also inspired by God. We can trust it. So that uh, for Simeon, it showed up like this. Uh, we, as I read it, you may have heard the word, the Holy Spirit. It says three times, the Holy Spirit was on him. And it says that it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he wouldn't die until he saw the Lord's Christ. And it says he came into the temple full of the Spirit. So God speaking to Simeon, it wasn't his own idea. It was God taking the initiative. So this book is God taking the initiative for us. So that's the first I. So I'm not very good at spelling. I'm spelling picks instead of just P-I-C-S. It's P-I-I-I-C-S. So there's two other I's. One is simple. It's inerrant. This book uh, in its original manuscripts is without error. It is, it is fully reliable. Uh, Jesus believes it. He often quotes the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures. He believes it because it is true. He says in John 17, 17, he's praying for you and me. He says, sanctify or set them apart in truth. Your word is truth. Jesus believed this book, should we? Yeah. Even scholars who don't really believe that this book is from God, they'll look at the manuscripts that we have, right? The Greek copies and the Hebrew copies of the Old Testament. And they'll say these are incredibly reliable. Uh, we'll take all the different copies of the Greek manuscripts and line them up. It's something like 99.7% accurate, which seems pretty good. Compare that to anything else, ancient world, it's just astronomically better. It's way more accurate with all the manuscript copies. We also have way more copies. Uh, there's something like 25,000 Greek manuscripts of the New Testament. That's a lot. I think Homer is the next most, and that's around 6,000. I know you're wondering that, so I had to tell you. Well, it's inerrant. For Simeon, it was like this. Uh, the, the Lord had revealed that he would not see death before he saw the Lord's Christ. Was the Lord right? Was there an error? No. He saw. He stayed alive until he saw the Lord's Christ. So this inerrancy showed up in Simeon's life as well. The last I is that it's infallible. I know you don't use that word much. You hear about it with the Pope. But it's not so much about the text itself, but about the one who spoke the text. Can God be wrong? No, because he is God. So God, as the speaker of this word, 
is true. Jesus said of him that his word cannot be broken. And then we see Jesus fulfill many scriptures that were written about him just the way it was written. Where he would be born, where he would flee as a, as a child, where he would grow up, where he would start his ministry, what he would do as far as healing people, how he would die. Like Psalm 22 talks about him dying by crucifixion before crucifixion was invented. That is, David prophesied about crucifixion in Psalm 22 before it even existed in the Roman Empire. Like, this was God speaking in advance. We can believe it. God is infallible. For Simeon, it showed up like this. Lord, he says, now you're setting your servant free according to what? According to your word. Simeon believed God was infallible, and he is. All right, so that's, that's, that's P.I., P.I., powerful, inspired, inerrant, and infallible. The next one is clear. The scriptures are clear. Now, you might be thinking, I don't know about that. We'll talk about that in a second. But just a couple of, of things that the scripture says. Psalm 119 is all about this book. Uh, 1 verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. If you're an Amy Grant uh, fan, you probably know that song, right? Melissa's over here rocking out, right? Thy word. Okay, anyway, no, I can't sing. Uh, also, Psalm 119 says this, The unfolding of your word gives light. Right? As we learn it, we, we walk in it. For Simeon, it showed up like this. My own eyes have seen the salvation that you've prepared in the sight of every people. So Jesus coming opened his eyes. Now you might be thinking, uh, clear, Pastor Zach? Most of the stuff I read in here is not clear or it's confusing. Even in this passage, you know, two turtle doves sacrificed. Uh, well, that's because they're poor. They can't afford the lamb because no lamb is needed because the lamb comes. Anyway, I'm just telling you, Think about this with football. How many of you, like instantly when you, you know, understood language, you already knew what a quarterback was, a cornerback, uh, a fullback, a halfback, a tailback, and a running back. Do you all know that already? How about a safety? Is a safety a guy who breaks up passes or is it getting tackled in your own end zone? What is it, right? What's the difference between a touchdown and a first down? Do you just instantly know this stuff? Who still doesn't know it? Yeah. You have to learn it. You have to be immersed in it. And the more you are, the more it makes sense and the more you love it. Right? Same with anything that you love. Fishing, like you don't just know it right away. Whatever it might be, whatever thing you love, you had to adapt and grow into it and figure it out. Right? So it is with this book. And the more you do, the more it opens your eyes. All right, so that's clear. For Simeon, I already told you that, he's, uh, his, he said that his own eyes were open. And lastly, it's sufficient. Powerful, inspired, inerrant, infallible, clear, and sufficient. Another word for that, it's enough. It's all we need, as Peter says, for life and salvation. A couple of verses from St. Paul. He's writing to a church like this, a small church in a, in a place called Galatia. He says this, even if we or an angel from heaven would come and preach to you another gospel, not according to the gospel you learned. Let that person be accursed. In other words, the gospel, the message of this book, it's enough. Well, they thought it wasn't enough. Another Galatians 3 says this, Oh, you foolish people from Galatia. He's not, real, he's not beating around the bush. He says, Who has bewitched you? Who has deceived you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you this. 
Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? It's, it's enough just to hear it and believe it. That's what Paul, that's what the whole Bible says. For Simeon, it, this comes together with one word. Lord, now. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. What you have said is enough for me. You have said it. I cling to that promise. You want to grow in faith this year? Try it again. Anybody want to grow in their, your faith this year? Okay. Well, how do you do that? Just try harder? There is an element to that, but Romans 10, 17 says this. How do you get your faith? Faith comes by hearing. And hearing what? Hearing through the Word of God. So all the pictures that you'll take in this year, take in instead these pictures, these words that come to us from God. I'll leave you with this. This is what we want to live out in 2024. I almost forgot what year it was. <laughs> Romans chapter 15, verses 3 and 4. Paul tells us why this whole book was written. Why is the whole thing written? To confuse us? No, but this. He says, Whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. So it's written to learn. Written for our instruction. But it's also written that we might have endurance. That word means literally to remain under. Instead of to flee and lose faith, to remain under the trials we have. And it goes on and says, to have the encouragement of the Scriptures. Is it good news to know that God loves you? Yeah. How do you know that? By reading and hearing this book. And he says, because of this, we might have hope. That's good. That is good. And then lastly, he says this, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, here's the application, another one, therefore welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. So this word, this, this word of God that comes to us is powerful because it, it's God speaking. It's inspired. It is God speaking, not just ourselves. It's not us listening to our hearts, but listening to the Lord. It's inerrant. We can trust it. It's infallible. God does not lie. It's clear, although sometimes it feels muddy. And it's enough. It's sufficient. So that is the picture that God has sent for us. And as Paul said, may the God of encouragement and hope fill you up so that you might be welcoming to one another and glorify God. So read that over, and may God do these things and more in 2024. Amen?